0: Antonio Pierce and the Mahomes Rules conversation has hit a new extreme. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for February 23rd, 2024.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
2: just win. your
1: team just every win. day.
2: Just win. The autumn win is a
0: raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and- Conquered and, won. and welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast To get the latest edition of the show, as soon as it becomes available, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube. Of course, we appreciate that. Show has grown. Matter of fact, it grows each and every day in a major way, and that's because of you, Raider Nation, and because of my man, Ari. Ari does a fantastic job. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ari Producers. You can hit me up as well, at your boy Q254. We got the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. I want to tell you real quick about Monday's show. Of course, Monday I'll be in Indianapolis for the Scouting Combine, be there all next week, looking forward to that. But here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I want to go ahead and warn you right now. Monday's show and every show that I do is normally available around midnight Pacific time, but... We're changing the platform that we use. Like, we use Mega, Mega's phone right now, and we're going to change it to something else. And I can't even remember what it is, but it's going to happen over the weekend. So, basically, the show's not going to be available in regular podcast format until, like, noon on Monday, which sucks. Straight up. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be a good thing in the long term, but for that one day, it's going to suck. Because the show is normally available 12 hours ahead of time. So I just want to give you a heads up. So when you're looking for it, it's not because it's not done. It's just because it's not available by the normal podcast way. So what you have to do, this will be your good time and your big opportunity to go check it out on YouTube. That's what I encourage. Ari's going to get it up on YouTube as soon as possible on Monday so you can check it out. I apologize in advance for the inconvenience. Uh, I tried to work multiple different ways I say, well, can I just publish it on Saturday? No. What about Sunday? No. All right. Well, it's got to be Monday and it won't be till about 12.05 Pacific time in the afternoon. By then, who knows what the news will be coming out, especially since the combine will be going on. So, again, I apologize for that inconvenience in advance. I want to give you a heads up, though, so you're not waking up early on Monday morning. It's like, oh. You didn't do the podcast, must have had some kind of travel problems because we all know me and traveling normally does happen, but leaving really early on Sunday morning. So I should get to Indianapolis with no problem and be able to knock out the podcast. But it's just unfortunate that it's not going to be available. But again, in the long run, it's really going to help because the new platform should be uh, really good, really user friendly and all that other good stuff, at least after what they're telling me. But I do apologize for that, but check us out on YouTube. Again, my man, Ari, does a great job each and every day. We'll make sure we're up there as early as possible on Monday, the Lockdown Raiders Podcast YouTube page. This will be the great chance to check it out if you've never had that opportunity. And while you're there... Go ahead and do something good for your country. Subscribe. <laughs> I say that all the time, but seriously, go ahead and subscribe. It'd be great. But coming up on today's show, now that I got that little disclaimer out of the way, we do have your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Plenty of feedback to get to, and we'll do that as much as possible. Segment number two, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network had his pre combine conference call on Thursday it was two hours long and I was only able to be on it for one hour because I had to go over to our local tv station Fox 5 News as well to do a little sports hit got a new tv show that's going on there that I'm a part of so had to run over there but got an opportunity to get a a really good question and I thought you'll hear that coming up matter of fact segment number one but you'll hear some sound bites from Daniel Jeremiah what he has to say in particular about the quarterbacks as uh, we all prepare for the combine going on next week he always does a pre-combine conference call, a post-combine conference call, and then he also does one right before the NFL draft at the end of April. So this is conference call number one. You'll hear some of the sound bites from that. Coming up is segment number two. Here is segment number one, news and notes of the day. And really a lot of it has to do with Antonio Pierce and the whole Mahomes rules thing, which still blows my mind that it's even a subject. And I'm assuming that it's a subject because it's just a slow week. I guess when it comes to news in the NFL – But come on, are you serious? And what I mean by that, first of all, if you don't know what we're talking about when it comes to Antonio Pierce and the Mahomes rules, he was on the Max Crosby podcast, uh, The Rush with Max Crosby, and he talked about that victory on Christmas Day where they basically implied the Mahomes rules, and that's what he says he's going to do, which all he's talking about is being physical with Patrick Mahomes, which is what you're supposed to do with quarterbacks. You're supposed to be physical. If not – then why do you have pads on? If you're not going to be physical, why don't you just have flag football going on? Why don't you just do seven on seven? Why do you pay edge rushers if it's not to get to the quarterback, get pressures on the quarterback, and get hits on the quarterback? But apparently Antonio Pierce has ruffled some feathers. So, again, if you haven't heard it, here's AP on the Rush Podcast with Max Crosby talking about the Mahomes rules.
3: You got the Jordan rules, and we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, All those guys in the 80s, before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole,
0: elbows, filling them,
3: love taps, we touched them. We in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I'm touching you. Mm -hmm. So I show those guys Jordan getting his what?
0: Okay, so there it was. Nothing major. And again, nothing new. Something he said well before uh, the Christmas Day game. He basically told us, hey, to, you know, to beat that team, you got to cut the head off of the snake, which is Patrick Mahomes. Jack Jones said, to stop the magic trick, you got to stop the magician, which is Patrick Mahomes. No harm, no foul. Nothing wrong. And oh, by the way, in that game on Christmas, no penalties for the Raiders, no personal fouls for the Raiders, four sacks on Patrick Mahomes, and 10 quarterback hits and hurries. So they did their job, and they did it in a very disciplined way. I thought it was over. I went on a little bit of a, not rant, but just kind of a talk about it on a Thursday's podcast, and I thought it was done. I thought there was no more conversation about it. Everyone was moving on. Well, then Greeny, Mike Greenberg from ESPN Radio, and I realize I'm an ESPN Radio employee. I do game night every single Monday through Friday, right? 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time, 10, a.m., or 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, right? And so Mike Greenberg has no idea who I am. I might work for the network. I might be on the same radio lineup. He has no idea who I am but I lost my mind when I heard what he had to say about the Antonio Pierce Mahomes rule situation. It blew my mind. I could not believe even Greeny and I'm very hit or miss when it comes to greedy. Couldn't even believe what he had to say. If you missed it. Well, hopefully you're sitting down because here it is.
1: I'm going to tell you right now. I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. And if I'm the league, I'm doing something about it. Hmm. And I'll tell you why protecting the quarterbacks is the most important thing the NFL can do. Patrick Mahomes is the most important player in football. He's as important a player as football has had in a long time. He is right there with Brady and Peyton Manning and Brett Favre as a draw. No one, There is no bigger draw right now in the sport than Patrick Mahomes. M- maybe Taylor Swift is the only bigger draw than Mahomes is. You cannot have coaches preaching hurting him and i understand that he's not going to go so far as to say hurt him but i'm telling you right now if i'm roger goodell i'm calling antonio pierce i don't mean to be a fuddy-duddy on this but i'm going to say listen i'm going to instruct my officials to be keeping a close eye on patrick in your games because of what you said and if i see anything i don't like we're throwing flags on every freaking play you want 15 yards on every play? I'll give you 15 yards on every freaking play. You're going to knock out our moneymaker, mine and yours? I'm not interested in it.
0: That blew my mind. And what blew my mind about it is not that he said it, it's the fact that he said it and he was serious. <laughs> right? I mean, if you think about it, if you listen to what he said, like he was serious, I'm going to have, Roger Goodell is going to call Antonio Pierce and say, if you hit our moneymaker, like, what are you talking about? So now you're putting the guy in bubble wrap? Now you can't get close to him? Again, like I said on Thursday, and I'm not going to go real deep into it. I just wanted to share what Greeny had to say. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous, an absolute joke. I went on a rant about it on ESPN Radio on Thursday night on game night. I said, hopefully I still have a job, but there's no way I'm not going to speak on this and, and just let it slide. So Greeny's probably going to rip me today on the radio, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. Or actually probably won't because, again, he doesn't know who I am, and that's okay. But that was that just blew my mind, right? Oh, uh, the moneymaker of the league, and you're moneymaker too, and you want a 15-yard penalty, penalty, we'll give you. It sounds like a spoiled brat. You want a 15-yard penalty, we'll give you a 15-yard penalty. Oh, get the blank out of here, right? It's just like, what are we talking about? So are we still talking about football? Are we talking about physicality? Are we talking about pads? Are we talking about tackle? Are we talking about flags? I didn't, I didn't understand. It blew my mind. But I just had to get that off my chest, and especially since I talked about it on Thursday's show, thought that it was something that I had to bring to the table here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Uh, also, wanted you to hear, and I got some sound bites from Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, his pre combine conference call, coming up in segment number two. But this is the one that I asked, the question I asked right before I had to go. So lucky I got called right before I literally had to go and make a run to the uh, Fox 5 news station to do the sports show that we're a part of now uh, here in Las Vegas. And I wanted to ask him about the potential of trading up from 13 to 3. I know we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, talked about it quite a bit on my radio show. I wanted to hear from Daniel Jeremiah, who's a very well-respected draft uh, evaluator. Uh, he's a guy that's been a former scout, and he gave me what it would take. He gave me the formula of what it would take for the Raiders to trade up from 13 to 3, according to the chart. So here's Daniel Jeremiah. You'll hear my question. You'll hear his response, and he has a little bit of sugar on it, Little, a couple little uh, nuggets that he adds to it I thought was really good. Here's DJ on the Raiders trading up from 13 to 3. DJ, with that being said, about the Patriots in there at number three, if they chose to trade back in a team like the Raiders is in there at 13, try to make that huge move all the way up there, what would that cost?
2: Um, all right, I think I've got that for you. We ran the numbers on some of these trades. Um, for oh, this would be this would be the Raiders. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the Raiders go up to three. So here's your cost for the Raiders to go up to three. It would be the 13th overall pick. It would be your first round pick and third round pick in 25 and your first round pick in 26. So, uh, yeah, it's not cheap. Um, a couple ones, uh, well 13th this year and then two more. So three total ones as well as a third round pick, which, um, man, if you love a quarterback and he can be your guy for the next decade, plus, um, you know, I, I could I could get behind that. That's we'll talk about this at the combine on the coverage uh, when we do some of these quarterback chats. the The track record of the quarterbacks that got traded up for has not been good. Um, there's usually a reason why teams are willing to move off that spot, um, and that uh, uh, that hasn't uh, traditionally bode very well for the teams that were aggressive coming up for guys. So one thing to keep in mind. But man, if you love it, and uh, it's a bold move, but. Uh, I don't know who their quarterback is right now. So if they don't land somebody in free agency, maybe that even makes them uh it makes them more inclined to go do that. You also have the you know you have the Antonio Pierce connection with Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, so I'm sure they'll know him extremely well.
0: So there he goes. 13 overall, three. You got to swap those, right? You give the 13th overall pick to the Patriots for number three. You also give up a first and third in 2025 and a first-round pick in 2026. Now, when I heard that, I thought, sold, done, do it. I think it's going to cost a little bit more than that. You know, because obviously the whole league knows that you're going up to get a quarterback. And I think everyone in the league knows who the Raiders want in Jaden Daniels, if that in fact is who they want. So I'm sure it's going to cost a little bit more than that. But I was very encouraged by that's all it would take to go up to number three. If the Patriots, in fact, do want to move out of there. And a lot of people in New England believe they don't. Hey, you know, they need a quarterback. They want a quarterback. They got a really good defense. They feel like they're a quarterback away, so they might not even be willing to move off of that spot. You got to have, you know, a willing trade partner, so they might not even be willing to do that, but I was very encouraged by what he had to say when it came to just based off the, off the charts what it would cost to move from 13 to three. It really wasn't a whole lot as far as I'm concerned. And I do like the nugget they threw in there. The history of trading up to go get a quarterback has not proven to be very good. Most of the quarterbacks that have been traded up to go get, they haven't worked out very well. I thought that that was really good. And then he also said, without me mentioning Jaden Daniels, but Antonio Pierce has that familiarity with Jaden Daniels, so obviously they know him very well. So he already knew where I was going with it before I ever said anything. Again, you'll hear more from Daniel Jeremiah coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I also wanted to pass along this little nugget that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I'm on the latest edition of Behind the Shield, Born Raider. Uh, the Raiders do this, and, and I talked about it, I feel like a month ago or so, when I went over to the Raiders facility, and I sat down and talked with .com for about 40 or 45 minutes, and uh, I there was a few little, you know, takes away, takeaways from that in this piece that is out on the Raiders.com, on their Raiders YouTube page. It's only about 14 or 15 minutes long, so it was only a couple sound bites, but it was pretty cool, so... If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, I had a couple people hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, we're checking you out on Behind the Shield right now. thought that was pretty cool. It's called Behind the Shield. It's Episode 8. It's the Born Raider. It's on their YouTube page and also Raiders.com, about 14 or 15 minutes. So if you got some time, Go ahead and check it out. Coming up with segment number two, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. You heard what it will take for the Raiders to get up from 13 to 3. How about you hear what he has to say about some of the quarterbacks that could be potentially in this draft, maybe there for the Raiders if they make the right move? That's coming up with segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be right around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. How about the 2024 Nissan Rogue? It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Maps, Google Play Store, they're all built right in their 12.3 inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. How about the 2024 Nissan Armada? That'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and in style. Tow bigger and explore explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com.
1: Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Your team... Every day. All
0: right, Raider Nation. Here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. One to hear, get you to hear a few of the sound bites from Daniel Jeremiah and his pre combine. Uh, conference call. I always love getting uh, to be a part of these things. It went two hours long on Thursday. I was a part of an hour of it. I do have the full two hours, though, and we'll bring some to you maybe on Monday as well as we prepare for the combine. Matter of fact, I I guarantee we'll bring you some more sound coming up on Monday's show before we actually dive into the combine, and then we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of that here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast next week. I'm looking forward to that as I'll be in Indianapolis for the scouting combine all week long. Very excited about that. But off top, of course, it's always going to be about the quarterbacks. That's going to be the biggest storyline for the Raiders all off season until the draft is over. Right. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. What are they going to do? Well, here's Daniel Jeremiah just on the 2024 quarterback class in general. And of course, it's led by Caleb Williams.
2: You know, it's a, it's a good quarterback draft. Hey, Caleb, to me, is a top guy. And when you look at him specifically. Uh, in his evaluation, try and stack him up with guys from the past. I think just talent. If we're just looking at just pure talent, you can put him up there uh, w- with really any of the guys we've had, um, just in terms of you know arm strength, athleticism, the creativity that he has, the playmaking ability that he has. Now, he's not as he's clean or as polished as some guys we've had over the last few years. Obviously, Stroud um, was kind of ready-made and just came out there and, and hit the ground running. I think there's still, you know, some more – growth and some cleaning up to do with Caleb's game. Um, but talent wise, it's, it's pretty special. Yeah. I've uh, you know, I've made the, the comment about him and, and you're going to have Patrick Mahomes name come up and look, you don't want to compare somebody to the best player on the planet, but just in terms of how he kind of plays with the creativity and a little flair um, and uh, in all the different types of throws he can make in terms of driving the ball, layering the ball. Um, extending plays, all those things. There are some similarities there. Um, Pat needed some time uh, to clean some things up and got a chance to sit for a year. Obviously, I don't think Caleb's going to be afforded the same luxury um, in that department, but I think you can you know, put a plan in place where you put more on his plate uh, the longer that he goes. But um, I, at Mahomes' situation at Texas Tech, I thought was very similar to Caleb's situation at USC. I think people have to get it out of their head you know, comparing, you know, Caleb and, and having it in your mind, this is like the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, USC days. Those days are long gone. Uh, Pat's last year at Texas Tech, they were 128th in scoring defense. This year, USC was 121st. So he was constantly chasing points. Um, and I thought that led to some of the bad habits that creeped in a little bit this year. But, you know, one of the numbers on him, the other one is he lost eight games at USC. Uh, they gave up an average of 43 points in those games. He was 12-0 and uh, when they managed to allow less than 34 points. So uh, it's tough to play quarterback when you're chasing points like that constantly.
0: So there you go. Quick breakdown right there. Daniel Jeremiah on the quarterback class. He says he likes the class, but you heard him go on and on and on about Caleb Williams. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Does he have a few Patrick Mahomes-type tendencies? Sure. Right, uh, the losses that he had at USC this year really starts to talk about, you know, the defense, which is the same thing Patrick Mahomes had at Texas Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. Defense wasn't worth the salt; they lost a lot of games. USC's defense this past year wasn't worth the salt; they lost a lot of games. Caleb Williams is still the best quarterback in this upcoming draft. You know, if the Raiders could get all the way up to number one, then they'd have a tough decision on their hands: Jaden Daniels with the familiarity, or Caleb Williams. Both guys alpha dogs in my opinion. Drake May. Of course, he's up there as well. I think he took a little bit of a step back in 2023, but he's still one of the top three quarterbacks in this class. So what's about the depth of the quarterback class, right? You want to talk about guys who could be potential starters. I feel like there's the top three and then there's a second three. You got Caleb, you got Drake, May, you got Jaden Daniels, whatever order you want to put them in. You got JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, whatever order you want to put them in is fine. Here's Daniel Jeremiah on the depth of the quarterback class as it pertains to the starters.
2: Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, I, I really think that Bo Nix is going to be a starter pretty early on. I catch the guy started 61 games, uh, played really well last year. He's accurate. He makes good decisions. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, people can talk about the, the the ceiling upside. I think his arm's a little bit liver than, than, uh, than maybe you give him credit for. Um, he just executed the offense as it was designed there. And I know some people get hung up on what happened with him at Auburn. And it's like, man, you know, we've seen – so many examples of quarterbacks shining at their second spot, and I actually think you know him and Penix, both those guys going through adversity in their first stop. I think's good for them um, wherever they land. But I, yeah, I know. I think I think there's those six guys I think are uh, you know have starting potential. So I think there's you know I I don't you know where if you have a guy and you think he's the. 28th player on your board the 27th player on your board and you're picking 12 or 14 and you need a quarterback it's very it's very easy to talk yourself into
0: that so there you go daniel jeremiah just talking about the starters talking about the big six Right again. And it's of course, there's 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 levels to the game. There's the top three and then there's the next three. And there is definitely some separation. They're not all on the equal playing field. Right. They're not both apples to apples. It's like apples and oranges that you're comparing right there. But there's a pack of three oranges and there's a pack of three apples. We all know where you want to be. You want to get to the apples. You want to get to the elite, but might not have a chance. Right. Again, as I mentioned, when it comes to the trades you got to have a trade partner, and there's no telling that the Patriots or any other team is going to want to trade out of the top three to give some other team an opportunity to go get their quarterback. I mentioned Drake May and the fact that I felt like he took a little bit of a step back in 2023. Here's Daniel Jeremiah on Drake May and what he could really do to prove himself at the combine and really improve his stock, even though he's really up there, again, in the top three as far as the quarterbacks go in this class.
2: You know, one of the things with him... Well, two things. I'll give you one thing physically and then another, another thing he can do. But the f- one thing physically, and I know in talking to uh, his quarterback coach, David Morris, who does a, a really good job, you know, I thought there were times this year compared to last year where he got a little elongated, a little long with his delivery. Uh, I know they've been working on that. So that would be the physical thing I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, whether that's at the combine or his pro day, um, just seeing if he's been able to tighten that up a little bit. Um, and then the second thing is going to be just meeting with teams I, I think it'll be helpful for him to explain uh, some things because when I watch the tape I have questions of just man he gets a lot of unblocked pressures and there doesn't seem to be answers whether that's you know a hot route whether that's in terms of what they're doing protection wise to help him out um, that's something when you're watching tape you know, I'm watching it but man I would love to sit down with him and kind of go through this and say, what, what, a, you know, have they, did they give you the answers here? Um, is this something you could have done here? Uh, is this something on the outside that wasn't corrected? I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of times where I'm watching him with pressure in his face and I freeze it and I'm like, I don't know where the heck he's supposed to go with this thing. So uh, that'll be something that he can you know help himself just by being able to go through that tape and explain it to teams. But the ability, you know, the size, the arm strength, the athleticism, um, the playmaking stuff, that's all, it's all there.
0: There you go. A really detailed answer right there from Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL network on his pre combine conference call talking about Drake may and what he can do. And as you could tell from DJ's answer, he feels like he took a little bit of a step back and has a little bit of explaining to do. The interview process is going to be very important for one. Drake may JJ McCarthy. This is another guy. It's almost a mystery. It's a mystery because he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. So a lot of people mean, think that he can't do a whole lot. Well, what does Daniel Jeremiah think about Michigan's J.J. McCarthy?
2: Um, with J.J., I, I've said he's an acquired taste, you know, because when I watched him, you, when you first of all, you're watching TV and you're like, gosh, they don't really ask him to do much, right? They run the ball. They play great defense. He just kind of – he'll manage the game and, and kind of get them through it and make a couple plays here or there. But when you dig into the tape and you really watch it and then you watch on, you know, third downs where they've got to throw the ball and they do put the ball in his hands – you know, there's a lot to like with him. He's got a really, really, you know, quick mind. He's got a quick release. Um, It's just everything he does real smooth. Uh, I wrote in my notes that the guy, he never gets bored with completions. So, you know, where some other guys in his class get in trouble, big play hunting, um, he's going to, if you're going to give him, you know, check downs or give him completions, he's just going to, he's never going to get bored taking those, but he can rev it up. He can drive the ball in the seams. Um, He can extend plays, keep his eyes up. Uh, you know, I I kind of when I finished up watching him, I was like, gosh, who does he remind me of? And I thought, man, there's there's some elements of Alex Smith uh, coming out of college, where Alex Smith had a similar build, um, played the game uh, from the shoulders up really well, and was pretty athletic to get out, and make some plays. So uh, that was my comp there.
0: So he's pretty high on him. You know, I did a little bit of a deep dive on JJ on my radio show on Thursday, and. Uh, The guy that was covering Michigan uh, was pretty high on him as well. I was like, man, this guy's going to be a hell of a player, right? Don't sleep on him. A lot of folks don't give him the credit that he deserves because he wasn't asked to do a whole lot, but doesn't mean that he can't. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, can he prove that he can do it? That's going to be, and I think he's got a lot to prove this week in uh, Indianapolis as well. Right. And, and, and we'll probably be talking about him in glowing fashion following if he goes out there and has a hell of a combine. Right. I mean, it, it always happens to one or two guys. All of a sudden, they boost their stock in a major way. Easily could be a Bo Nix. Easily could be a JJ McCarthy. Hell, it could be a Michael Penix as well. Speaking of Michael Penix, and then this will be the final soundbite that you hear for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Then we'll get to your calls and texts. This is a great question. Compare and contrast Michael Penix versus Texas in the semifinal game in the in the college football playoffs, as opposed to Michael Penix versus Michigan in the national championship game. Two different quarterbacks, two different styles. Penix versus Texas, awesome. Versus Michigan, not so much. Here's Daniel Jeremiah's breakdown between Michael Penix in those two games, Texas and Michigan.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the, the semifinal game was awesome. I mean, he moved around better in the pocket than I had seen him previously, which was good to see. I mean, he... Th- Threw some seeds in that game, um, just you know, back foot missiles where he just kind of hangs on his back foot and the ball jumps out of his hand. But I, I you know, I think to me he's he's outstanding on over the top kind of those those touch throws down the field, deep ball throwers, beautiful. He can really drive the ball, especially the perimeter. I thought that the thing that showed up in the in the championship game, number one, they hit the stuffing out of him. Um, so they got to him. I thought that kind of uh, rattled him a little bit from that standpoint. I didn't think the pocket movement was you know, as good as we saw in the previous game. And then I think he, you know, the throw that I want to see from him, uh, is just that kind of up and down throw. Can you get it up and and over and and get it down, which requires a lot of touch and a lot of feel, um, you know, that's something that's not really his strength. So those would be the, you know, the the different examples of those two games, but from a scouting standpoint, I think you're looking at saying, okay, how do you, if you're going to take him, how do we put an offense around him that makes sense and that fits him? And, um, you know, hey, I'd, I'd want an offense with a lot of drive throws. You can get under center, play action, driving comebacks, uh, pushing the ball vertically down the field. I think he he goes to a team with a really good run game. I think, you know, off of play action and a vertical passing game is probably going to be his best fit.
0: I thought that was a fantastic answer, and I thought it was a great question. Like, sometimes I'll be on these conference calls or I'll be in a media session. I'll hear questions. I'll just roll my eyes and be like, come on. You really waste time to ask that question. I thought that was a fantastic question and an even better answer. Because there are questions that need to be answered. But I also love the end of what he had to say about Michael Penix and talking about the best fit for him where he would go and be the most successful as a team with a strong run game and a team that wants to stretch the field. I think about the Raiders and say, well, you know Antonio Pierce, he wants to have that strong run game led by Josh Jacobs and Zemir White, and he wants to stretch the field. Those were his words, not mine. So Michael Penix, maybe he's in play for the silver and black. I'm not saying he is. They don't get one of those top three. Maybe he's part of that second tier of three that they're looking at. Again, just just spitballing here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Coming up in segment number two, or segment number three, I said, should say, excuse me, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, seven oh seven six five four four six nine three. We'll do that next here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Before we get to that though, I do want to tell you about BetterHelp. They are one of our great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. And well, BetterHelp is something that, well, could help just about anyone because uh, sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. It could be big. It could be small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out and especially let it out to someone who's unbiased on your life. And there's so many different circumstances that you could be thinking about something going on at home, something going on at work, something going on. You know, if you're playing on a team, you know, maybe you're on a team and you're stressed out and you don't know if you should keep playing and you need to talk to someone. You don't want to talk to your loved ones because of course they're going to say, Hey, go play, 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 play. And you might not want to. And so you want someone that has unbiased feelings and could, you know, speak on it and give you some good, sound advice. Well, that's where BetterHelp can come in. Therapy can be different for everyone. And most of us have a lot bigger problems than, you know, if we're going to stay sticking on a team or not. Right. But but again, it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. BetterHelp can, can definitely help you out. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule, visit BetterHelp.com/slash locked on to get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com/slash locked on. Better B E T T E R Help H E L P dot com/slash locked on.
1: Your locked on Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Here we go, Raider
0: Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts are off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. When we start this off, though, I do want to start off this and kind of uh, give this big shout out. This is from uh, uh, Escaletto. Uh, he's sent a actually a, a tweet. This wasn't a text or a call uh, sent a tweet, a direct message to me. And I want to make sure that we got this on, on today's show really special and really means a lot to him and his family. So I want to make sure I start off this segment with this. He says to Raider nation, Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Your boy Q is truly a special person and not only a Raider fan, but as a human being for giving me this platform. My dad, Luis Michael Adame born 826, 1947 passed away a year ago on, on February 25th. He was 75. I want him to know up in heaven that I miss talking Raider football with him. We'll keep his legacy alive, not only as a diehard Raider fan, but also as a veteran of Vietnam War 1st Cavalry Sergeant with the Purple Heart. I love you, Dad, and you are truly missed. Raider Nation. Stay loyal and patient. Soon it will be our turn to shine. That's from my guy, Escaleto, And uh, the thing about it that makes this even more special, and I do appreciate him sharing that with us, is that I shouted his pops out last year around this time. And so uh, to be able to do that and and share this platform – uh, means a lot to me and, and thank you so much for sharing the story and I'm, I'm glad that you and your pops were able to you know talk Raider football together and again just to have a platform where I could shout him out uh, one year uh, after his passing and that can mean a lot to you and the family means a lot to me so thanks so much for that I know Raider Nation will definitely rally behind you it's never easy to lose a loved one and it never gets easier right from experience I know it never gets easier they say that time heals all I don't buy that you know I, know, I know that it's tough. Sometimes it, you're, it's easier to, you know, kind of work through things and and do some other things and keep your mind off of it. But when your mind settles in, your mind settles in and times are tough. So, uh, Escaletto, thanks so much for sharing that. And, uh, yeah, Raider Nation's got you and your family's back. Thanks again for sharing. Appreciate you. Uh, up next, got a call from TK in Phoenix, Arizona. He's calling to talk about the draft and what he thinks the Raiders should do if they plan on moving up in the draft. To get their quarterback, here's TK in Phoenix.
3: Hey, what's going on, Q? It's uh, TK calling out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, real quick, man. Just want to go in and it's uh, been a minute since I called. Long time listener, love what you do, man. You're my first listen, literally every day on my ride to work. Shout out to you. Shout out to your family. Blessings to you. I just need to say, man, that when it comes to this draft, if we are going to trade up and trade up at all for any QB, we need to go for the top man. It's just my opinion. And to me, the only player that's untouchable as far as trading is Devontae Adams. We should not touch Devontae unless Devontae wants to be sent somewhere. He has that respect. If he wants to go somewhere to chase the ring, we should let him go. But if we have an option to get Kevin Williams with that first overall pick from Chicago, and they want Max as part of that trade package along with some uh, first-round picks, I will pack Max Crosby's bags myself. And that's no disrespect to Max. No disrespect to Max and everything he's done. But Khalil Max should have been untouchable. The reason he wasn't is because even though he was such a monster force at two different positions, mind you, the new the new coach that came in, the new regime, John Gruden, saw that we could get equity in draft stock. We could We could build the team in his image. Now, with that being said, we have an offense right now that is built in a way that if Caleb Williams touched down tomorrow, <laughs> what am what, 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 what I talking about here? <laughs> come, on, come on, man. If Caleb touched down with the offense we have right now, breath, we're getting some W's. We're getting some W's, and that's what we need desperately. We need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We need to win our division. And it's time to get in the playoffs, man. It's time to just win, baby. So I'm saying, yes, Max, respect to him. He's a monster. But the reason why we had a defense that was formidable this year is the leadership of Patrick Graham and the leadership of uh, interim head coach and the fact that we got a supporting cast around him. Because Max has been a beast. Defense as a whole hasn't been a beast until now. And I think that's a big shout-out to Patrick Graham. Who knows? If we did have to send Max out, just hear me out, man. We still got Malcolm Koontz, who has shown that he has developed, and we got Tyree Wilson that might be ready to step up, and who knows? We can return uh, to Mac, bring Mac back. You know what I'm saying? It's just a thought, man. I know it's not going to be a popular thought, and everybody's going to come for me, but I'm just saying nobody really should be untouchable except for Devontae. Like, we have an offense that's ready for that top-tier quarterback to to really put it together. Shout out to you, man. Love what you do. Keep it up, man. Don't stop. The sky's the limit for you, brother. You're doing your thing. Shout out, King.
0: Have a good one. Thank you for the call, TK. I appreciate you. And you're right, man. <laughs> that call is not going to be uh, popular at all. And I don't mind hearing, hearing you out, right? But I've got to respectfully disagree. Max Crosby is the franchise. He is a Raider through and through. Um, I agree when it comes to Khalil Mack, he should have never been traded. Uh, if you go back in the history of this show, the Lockdown Raiders podcast, I did an emergency podcast right after that. Saturday morning, I was on my way to the Baylor game. I had to cover them. I was still in Central Texas. It was not my favorite episode. <laughs> it was actually a pretty angry episode that I had uh, because I was so hot that it actually happened. So I agree that it shouldn't have happened, but it did. But why make that same mistake twice? And I actually think at this point, Max is more valuable to the organization than, than Mack was because he is a true, true leader of the Raiders, he embodies what it is to be a Raider, and he really sets the tone as far as a leader in this team. I think his leadership is way bigger than Khalil Max ever was, and you know, I I, I agree. I don't want to trade Devontae. I don't think that that would make any sense. But I sure wouldn't say, well, if it comes down to Devontae or Max, I'm going to take, I'm going to trade Max. That that wouldn't happen. I'm I'm not doing that for sure. And I guarantee, no one listening right now is going to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Again, I totally respect your opinion. I understand where you're coming from. I agree with don't trade Devontae, but I do not agree with trading Max Crosby. That doesn't make any sense at all. That is the dude. That is your franchise. He is Raider through and through. TK, thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Roland from Paris Cali. Hey Q, it's Raider Roland from Paris Cali. My humble opinion is I really think we need a quarterback, but no one remembers that Aiden got thrown into the fire with no playbook in hand. The staff were like, this is what we're going to do. But he really showed that he has an arm, and I'm really thinking – If we got a good OC and a good quarterback coach, Aiden could be a good QB if everyone in the locker room picked him. It was for a reason. All he needs to do is scramble, and that's the coach's job. Let me know what you think. Hopefully we can save some draft capital and keep our playmakers. Raider rolling from Paris Cali, and I guess bottom line is he's saying Aiden O'Connell should be the starter or could be the starter, and he can learn how to scramble, and that's where I disagree. Not that he's not capable of being the starter. I do think he can be, right? I definitely can. And, and there's a chance if they can't get their guy, whether it's a top three guy or a second three guys, they might just roll with Aiden O'Connell, right? They might bring in a veteran, uh, you know, to have that guy in the locker room, but they they could easily roll with Aiden. And, and I think AP would be okay with that. I don't believe that you can learn how to scramble. That's instincts. And that's it. Either you got it or you don't. Right. And, and he's just not that guy. I mean, can he pick up a few yards here and there? Sure. But is he a guy that you think is going to create when it's time to create? No. And, and sometimes you have to have that guy. He's just not going to do that. Right. I mean, how many years did we yell at Derek Carr to do it? Run, run, run. And Carr used to do it until he broke his ankle. He used to do it. And it was instincts. But then he got bro, he got his arm or his arm, his, uh, his ankle broke. And he decided that, uh, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And Gruden tried to push him to do it, push him to do it, push him to do it. And really, like the final year that Gruden was around, he finally started to move just a little bit. But it still wasn't what he used to do when he was a rookie or even a couple years into the league. Uh, That 2016 injury really set him back. So I respectfully disagree. I don't think you could teach him to scramble. I do think he's got a good arm, and I think he's got it between the ears. I just think he's missing an element that you need to have moving forward. But, again, that's just me. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Cisco. He's calling to talk about the combine and the quarterback he prefers then has a question for me as well. Here he is, Raider Cisco.
4: What's up, Q, Raider Nation? It's Raider Cisco. Just calling about the draft, man. Next week, I believe, it's the combine. Uh, that's where we're really going to see some of these quarterbacks shine, some risers, some fallers. I'm very excited for the three top prospects. I'd be happy if the Raiders drafted any one of those guys. Not too big into the other guys like, uh, Bo or, or Penix. Um so hopefully we can make some work, especially with that number three pick. Patriots are not a quarterback away. They could really benefit from a stockpile of picks. So if any of our guys that we love with falls there, that's where I see is like the perfect chance for the Raiders to move. Um, or even if Washington sticks with their quarterback and they build around him, who knows? We just, we won't know until the day happens. But I had a quick question for you, man. Um, I know I see every time, uh, ESPN talks about the Raiders, always talking about trading Devontae Adams to the Jets. Um, so I was just thinking, would you consider, uh, trading our Devontae for their first round pick if, um, let's say Malik Nabbers or, you know, Rome or is there or even, Marvin Harrison, for some reason, if any one of those guys are there, would you trade that top pick and take a younger, cheaper uh, wide receiver? Those three guys have all the potential. Again, it's just potential. They can be very good or they could not be. Uh, But but would you take that risk Uh, getting a younger guy, five years, cheaper on the salary cap for Devontae? know other thoughts, man. Uh, Just win, baby.
0: Thanks for the call, my man. appreciate you. And, yeah, next week's going to be fun for sure, getting to check out these top prospects, especially the QBs. I'm with you. Outside of the top three, and really Caleb and Jaden, it almost feels like you're settling, right? I mentioned that on Thursday's show, and I I still think that there's talent, definitely. The second three definitely have talent, but it almost is like you're looking at those top three and feel like that they're within striking range and you can trade up and go get them. So if you don't, it almost feels like, okay, you got to settle. As far as Devontae goes, I have no desire to trade him at all. I'm sure teams are going to ask for him, but I don't think it makes sense to move on from him. I just don't. He's your alpha dog wide receiver. He makes Jacoby Myers that much better. He makes Josh Jacobs or anyone running the ball that much better. He makes everything. He makes your quarterback that much better, right? He can erase a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, I, I don't think that that makes any sense. And really, if you're trading anyone or you're trading anything at all, you're trading to go get a quarterback, not to trade to go get a wide receiver. So, yeah, Devontae is one of those guys. I haven't put him in the untouchable category because I don't think you could put multiple guys in there. Max is that dude. Devontae, it would take a lot for me to come off, you know, come off of him and say, okay, it's okay to trade him. I, I just I think that would be a big mistake. But thanks so much for the call. I definitely appreciate you. Just got time for a couple more. How about this text from Jason in Idaho? Hey, Q, Jason from Idaho. Uh, on all the offended people on the AP comments, I absolutely love it. We once had a reputation an amazing coach named John Madden. He made one of my favorite statements of all time, which I'm sure was controversial. The Raiders are dirty. They're dirty. Yeah, so what? What are you going to do about it? Bring back the real Raiders, AP. Let's go. Raiders, love it. And that's from Jason in Idaho. Thanks for the text. I appreciate you. You know, the only thing that I don't like about this whole situation it's getting so much attention and so much conversation about it is that if for any dumb reason – maybe Roger Goodell does talk to the officials and say, hey, pay a little bit more attention to the Raiders. Like, that's the last thing the Raiders need. That's the last thing AP needs. They sure don't need, especially after this past year, being the least penalized team in the league, they sure don't need to have the officials looking at them even more and saying, yeah, that was dirty because, look, we already all think that the Raiders don't get, you know, have the, the penalties. and Most of the times they get called for penalties that were like, where was that at? Oh, well, it was a good play, so it must have been a penalty. So you would hate for the officials just to all of a sudden be trained to throw the flag because of what they're hearing from AP, and now they're hearing everybody talk about it and, and complain about it and make it such a big deal. I hope that that's not going to be the case, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny the way that they're, you know, 11 days, 12 days after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, now all of a sudden they're worried about the Raiders who won one game on Christmas and feel like they you know, have a pretty good recipe on how to beat the Chiefs. Now all of a sudden it's a big to-do. That's wild. Uh, let's close things out with my guy, Mikey the Barber, from the 916 at Sacramento, California. He's calling to talk about what so many have been talking about when it comes to AP and those Mahomes rules. Uh, here he is, <laughs> Mikey the Barber out of Sacramento. He's pretty fired up.
5: Yo, what up, Q? It's Mikey the Barber. Hey, uh, I just heard the first couple of words to your uh, your latest podcast on YouTube today. Shout out to Ari, by the way. Yo, um, yeah, I'm noticing that you know people are uh, are trying to give flack to AP for for talking about uh, you know the, the win against um, the Chiefs, and I'm like, what the hell? What's going on with that? You know, um, I guess Mike Florio br- brought out a piece uh, that was talking about how the NFL is going to you know uh, possibly look into. You know Antonio Pierce's words about you know Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the AP said, and I'm like, what did he say? I don't understand. Like, it, you know, he hates the color red. Giving the Jordan rules. Like, and then and then you got other Raider content content creators that are out there perpetuating. this, shit. Like, why are you giving it? Why are you giving this fire more 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 oxygen? I don't understand why people are doing that. Like for clicks? What well, what's happening? It's crazy, and you already know that Mike Florio doesn't like the Raiders, anyways. You know what I'm saying? Looks like that damn dummy on Goosebumps. And shit. I hate that guy. I kind of wish Max would have would have uh, put him in his place too, just like he did Chris Sims. But uh, I just think it's, it's it's overblown. It's stupid. Like, bro, stop stop trying to find just little bullshit that you can that you can pin on the Raiders, bro. Like, we already know the NFL already hates us. You know what I'm saying? There's 31 other teams and there's the Raiders. You know what I mean? So, like, let's just keep it pushing. And all you other, you know, the content creators that are out there, uh, trying to get some clicks, stop, stop giving, uh, Mike Florio, uh, more of a platform. Cause he's, he, every time you do that, you're, you're making his, uh, his claims more, more potent and powerful. So, stop that dumb. All right. Peace, Q. And sorry for making you, uh, you know, blur out a lot of cuss words.
0: I'm sorry, man. Thank you for the call, my man, even though you're trying to make me work. What are you trying to make me work extra for, man? I got like 18 jobs already. What are you trying to make me work? But I appreciate the call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot of nothing. You know, like I've been saying, it's a whole lot of nothing. I I can't believe it's a big deal or it's turned into such a big deal. Uh, You know, of course, people are going to talk about it because it's a slow time of year. Uh, But, I don't think it's necessarily like you know content creators that are talking about it. I think it's people like Greeny who you heard in segment number one that's like, "Oh, you got to do this. Oh, you want a fifteen-yard penalty? Oh, I don't like this. This is this is um, detrimental to the league, and you're, you you that's our money maker. You got to protect our money maker. Like, wait, what? What are we talking about? Is this WWEs or is this the NFL?" It just doesn't make any sense. So that's, that's, the, that's the part that is bothering the hell out of me. It's not necessarily content creators. It's people that are screaming from the mountaintops like AP did something wrong or did something dirty, which he didn't. It's wild. And, again, if they go back, and when I ripped Greeny on, on the radio show on Thursday night on Game Night on ESPN Radio, I said, hey, Greeny, go back and check the box score because I know you didn't watch the game and see that the Raiders didn't have any penalties. Go back and check the box score and see that the Raiders didn't have any personal fouls. Go back and check the box score and see that the Raiders got four sacks on Mahomes. Go back and check the box scores and see that they had 10 hits on him. Go back and see how many hurries they had. Again, they did it clean. There were no penalties. There were no personal fouls. Matter of fact, the Raiders were the least penalized team in the league in 2023. Again, I know you didn't watch the games because you're too busy crying over Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So before you start talking about the moneymaker and and hurting him and, and, the, and the, the, the coach is talking about going after the... The quarterback and this, that, and the other, and all that nonsense, go back and check the tape. Go back to check the tape. I'm sure he's not gonna like that, but it is what it is. That's gonna wrap up the show today. Mikey the barber, thanks, man. It's always great to hear from you. Uh still got a text from Dave in Fredericksburg, Virginia. We'll get to that on Monday show. We'll have more sound from Daniel Jeremiah. Again, remember if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, it won't be available till noon on Monday. Uh, not my fault. That's uh, just kind of the switchover that the network's making from Megaphone to Simplecast or whatever the case is. and It doesn't matter. I mean, it's you don't have to do anything different. Just know that you're not going to be able to get Monday's show if it's just podcast only uh, until afternoon. Uh, I would encourage you to go check out the YouTube page. This is your shot. If you you know haven't checked it out before, or only check it out here once in a while, this is your opportunity to really go ahead and deep dive into the YouTube page because, well, the audio version is not going to be available till noon, which is going to Really hurt the downloads, but I guess I'll just have to take that L for the day, and sometimes it'd be like that. So Raider Nation, until Monday, uh, we'll come to you live from uh, Indianapolis, scouting combine, excited about that. We'll have so much wall-to-wall coverage all next week. I encourage you, don't miss a show. Do not miss a show. Have a fantastic weekend, though. Enjoy it. I'll be at the Raiders facility a little bit later on this morning. I uh, got a cool little event that I'm going to be a part of, kind of getting my family feud on going to get my Steve Harvey on, uh, kind of do this, this event. I'll tell you all about it on Monday as well. Uh, should be fun. So it's going to be a busy day as we close out uh, the week, really strong all day long. So have a great weekend, rare nation. Talk to you again on Monday until then take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always just win baby.